Thank you, choir. I love all music, but I really love music that's set to Scripture. And so I was following along in Psalm 62 while they were singing. And uh, of course the Psalms were originally hymns. And who knows how the Israelites sang those Psalms as we were singing it this morning. For the next few weeks we're going to be looking at the church. And last week we talked about the church what composed it, who was it composed of, what made it up, and we learned that the church was about people who believed in Jesus and who walked with Him and who loved like Him and who talked about Him. And that set group A, the church, across from every other groups uh, that would designate themselves by some other terms. This morning I wanted to talk about how those folks who call themselves followers of Jesus Christ are related to each other. How, what is that interrelationship? What does that connectedness look like? And the perfect passage is from 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 27, because it talks about the church as the body of Christ. And so as we think about this this morning, be thinking about your physical body and what makes it up and how it is composed and the different parts of it and how it works together and then how we can relate that to the church, which is called the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one Spirit. For the body does not consist of one member but of many. If the foot should say, Because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, Because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the organs in the body, each one of them as He chose. If all were a single organ, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body which seem to be weaker are indispensable. And those parts of the body which we think less honorable, we invest with greater honor. Our unpresentable parts treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving the greater honor to the inferior part, that there may be no discord in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Let's pray. Father, as we come to think of the body of Christ, help us to see how that church relates to a body and how we function together, or not at all. I want to thank you for how you have composed us in your wisdom and providence and sovereignty, and have given us tasks to do, so that if we all do the task for which we are gifted, then the body will function effectively. So help us do what we're called to do with joy, and watch the body function. In Jesus' name, amen. So we talked about the church. Who composes it? Those people who believe in Jesus and 
walk with Him and love like Him and talk about Him. But how are we as Christians interrelated? How do we as body of believers call the church, relate to each other? How, do we, how are we connected? Well, there's several analogies in the New Testament. In 1 Peter, the church is called the flock, like sheep who need a shepherd. In John, it's called the true vine. In Ephesians, Paul calls the church God's household. In Matthew, when he's talking to Peter, he calls it the church, which the word ecclesia means the called out ones. Called out. So there are many different phrases relating to the church, but I think here in 1 Corinthians 12 is the best analogy of the church as the body of Christ. We are, we are Christ's body. We, he is the head. We are the body as the head instructs the body to function and move and work as it does that. We fulfill the purpose for the church. This is a simple outline this morning. We didn't have room in the bulletin because of the responsive reading. But I want to talk about how we are connected, how we are, how we are related to each other. And the first thing that I want to talk about is our relationship to each other in the church. When a person becomes a Christian, he not only enters into relationship with Jesus, that person who becomes a Christian also enters into relationships with fellow Christians, other Christians. There's no such thing as a Christian in isolation. That Christian, Christian, as he is a follower of Jesus, he is also interconnected to other believers. Sometimes I'll have someone come to me and say, Brother Wayne, I believe in Jesus, and I want you to baptize me, but I don't want to join the church. I don't want to become a member of a church. And I say, friend, you don't understand baptism. Because baptism is not just signifying our faith in Jesus. Baptism is also the way of incorporating a person into a local body of believers. As a Christian, you cannot function alone. There is no single part of the body that can function in isolation from the other parts of the body. They all are interconnected and interrelated. In verses 26 and 27, it says, if one member suffers, all suffer together. Like I was talking to the children, somebody steps on your finger. You feel it all over, don't you? You hurt all over. It's just a little finger. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. You are the body of Christ and individually members of it. So when you become a Christian and you are baptized into a body of believers, you become a part of something bigger than yourself. And when you are part of something bigger, you can do far more with others than you could ever do by yourself. Sometimes, uh, you know, I hear, think of this. You hear somebody saying, uh, I play football. And I'll say something like, that's wonderful. What team do you belong to? And they say, well, I don't belong to a team. I just like to play by myself. And we'd look at them like, you must be kidding. You're crazy. You can't play football by yourself. And the same token, it's like someone saying, I'm a Christian, but I don't believe I need to belong to a church. Really? Where does it say that in the Bible, that you don't need to incorporate yourself with a body of believers, that you can become part of a body in order to function? As, where does it say that, that you don't need to do that? Over and over again, when a Christian follows Jesus, Jesus plugs that person in to connect with other believers in Him. That's the job of a coach for a football team. When you stop and think about it, a coach takes all these individually talented players 
And what's the coach's job? To teach them how to work together, to teach them how to play together, to teach them how to, to use their gifts, their strengths to support the team. Another person's strengths, another person's weakness, they come together and as a team they can do much more than they could ever do alone. And so that's why some individually talented teams still lose because they never learn how to play together. God knew we'd need each other. You can't be a Lone Ranger Christian. You can't grow in Christ out there on your own in isolation. Together we can do a lot more than we could ever do alone. And so when God saves us, He takes us into a body, gives us a function, gives us a purpose. So we interconnect with other members of the body and fulfill the calling that He has placed on us. That is what in His wisdom and in His sovereignty He knew we would need in order to grow and function and serve. Not out there by ourselves, but on a team called the church, the body of Christ. So there is an interconnectedness, there is a relationship when you are baptized into a body of Christ. But there's also diversity. We relate to other Christians, but we aren't exactly like other Christians. There's still differences between us. And God created us uniquely and gifted us uniquely so that when He incorporated us into a body, all the gifts that were required for that body to fulfill the purpose for which He calls it will be fulfilled, will be equipped, will be provided. Just look at our church staff, for instance. We all come from different locations, different backgrounds, different gifts, different abilities, different stories that bring us together, and we all have different opinions on things. And I like that. I like to be challenged. I like differences of opinions to be aired and surfaced so we can talk through things. Some pastors don't like that. Some pastors like a staff where everybody agrees with everything he says, and, and none of the church leadership ever challenge him. And I don't think that's healthy. I think it's good for different people to come together with different opinions and different backgrounds and, and pray through things and work through things and think through things carefully and be challenged on assumptions and beliefs so that we can find God's purpose together. Verses 14 and 17, one body does not consist of one member but of many. How about that? The human body isn't just composed of one eye or one ear or one nose. It, it has different gifts different parts that function together effectively. Verse 17, if the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? God brought different parts of the body together in His, in His wisdom, knowing that everything we would need to be a church, to be His body, He would provide the gifts that were necessary from different backgrounds different abilities. And that's one thing that just constantly amazes me about this church. Anytime somebody talks about a passion or an idea or a vision or there's a need, there'll be people who gather and say, I can do that. I can do that. I can help with that because God has given me the gift to do that. I remember the first time we did the Advent devotional booklet. I was thinking, how can we find 25 or 30 people to write devotions? And all of a sudden, all these people who love to write began to surface and write devotions, and, and, the, and the, the booklet just 
came together. I had no idea all the gifts of writing and creativity that was in this church. Um, we, right now we have a group, and I'm, we're going to hear more about this, it's talking about an orphan support ministry, uh, helping folks in the adoption process, or maybe in foster parenting, or, or working with uh, international adoptions, or, or adopting the unadoptable. And all of a sudden there's about a dozen people who've come together and say, I want to do that. I have a passion for that. I'm interested in helping with that. And we'll see where God, what God leads us with that. Over and over again, different people coming together with different groups saying, God has prepared me to do that very ministry, to do that very thing, that, that Sunday school class, that answer you say yes to the nominating committee. Yes, God prepared me to do that. I want to function in that particular role. You don't have to twist my arm. And that's, that's the way God equipped the body of Christ. Now, I'll be honest with you. I've never told Susan this, so don't tell her. But I love to hear Billy Graham preach. Don't you? Just his voice. Now, when I hear him, I mean, I, I get emotional just listening to the man. And so sometimes when I'm hearing him preach, you know, I will, I'll go into the bedroom and close the door and practice trying to sound just like him. And I mean, I'll even try to sound like the, the guy that announces at the end of the program, if you'll write Billy Graham, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Those of you in Canada write Billy Graham, Winnipeg, Manitoba. But you know what I found? As hard as I try, I can't be a Billy Graham. And, Bill, and, and God doesn't need me. He, he doesn't need a lot of Billy Graham clones running around. God wants me to be Wayne Rowe. And he wants you to be who he created you to be. You don't have to be anybody else. Because that gift is already taken care of. He needs you to be whom he created to be. So that when you come together, the body of Christ can function with unique gifts and abilities. Being the body, the whole body that he created us to be. So there is relationships, there's, there's diversity. But also, thirdly, under that diversity is under the umbrella of overarching unity. The body works together. As diverse as we are, we're still bound together into one body. And I was just counting verses 12 and 13. Look how many times the word one is used in verses 12 and 13. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, how many parts of the body are there? Thousands. All the members of the body, though many, are one body, that's two, so it is with Christ. For by one Spirit, three, we are all baptized into one body, four, Jews are great, slaves are free, and all were made to drink of one Spirit. That's five times Paul uses the word one in these two verses. What do you think he's trying to say? He's trying to say with all the thousands, parts of the body that come together, you're still one body. There is still a unity or wholeness. We belong to the same body. No matter how important you think you are, let's put you out there by yourself and see how well you function. Let's cut the finger off and put it out there. Let's cut off the, the hand or pull out the eye and put it out there and see how well it gets along by itself. Not very well because it needs the whole body to function effectively. And that's the unity of the body that Paul's talking about here. In World War I, a Roman Catholic chaplain 
went out under fire to minister to a soldier who was dying. And the soldier tried to stop him and said, but Padre, I do not belong to your church. And the chaplain said, I know, but you belong to God. And that's what matters. Not only are we part of the universal church, the church of Jesus Christ, but locally and individually, First Baptist Tifton, God is the head and we are the body that functions and, and falls, follows Him. Our unity doesn't cover up our diversity. It does not gloss over the difference of opinions. It is what holds us together so we can work together just like the different parts of the body work together. We are different from each other, but we are still necessary for the whole body to function effectively. Catherine's in medical school, and so I was working on this sermon, and I texted her and said, Catherine, what is the smallest but most important part of the body? Have you ever wondered that? What's the smallest but most important part of the body? And she came back, I don't, she said, I don't know, I hadn't really thought about it, maybe the hypothalamus. Do you know what that is? I had to look it up. It's a little part of the brain about the size of an acorn right at the top of the brain stem, and it coordinates all of the autonomic nervous system. It controls everything, your breathing, your, your food intake, everything. It's a little bitty part of the brain about the size of an acorn. But now if you take that out and place it over here by itself, how long is it going to last? No matter, how, no matter how important that small piece is, it's not going to survive. And honestly, I don't know any part of my body that I want to do without. There's not a part that's not important. God com composed us and put us together and knitted us perfectly together just like He did these beautiful babies. And every part has a function. And the body needs that part to function effectively for the body to be healthy and survive and do what it's supposed to do. So there is a relationship, there is diversity, there is unity. Finally, there is accountability I want to talk about. And accountability, first of all, the body is accountable to the head. You don't see the hand running off and say, I think I want to do what I want to do by myself. No. The brain gives the nerve impulses and it tells the hands and fingers what to do. We don't just do whatever, we don't just run off by ourselves and do whatever we want to do. Someone has said two words that can never go together are no and Lord. You can't say no and Lord together because if someone is your Lord, you have to say yes, whatever they ask. So you don't say no and Lord because the head directs the body. The head instructs us what to do. And not only are we accountable to the head, but we're also accountable to each other. When God places us into a family, into the body, there's a purpose that He has for us here. There's no such thing as a Lone Ranger Christian. There's no such thing as, as working in isolation. We all work together. We belong to each other. And it's not that it is wrong to try to do it alone. It's that it's impossible. A part of the body can't go off and function alone. It just can't do it. And so it's accountable, not only to the head, which is Christ, but also to the other parts of the body. Because this hand is supplied by the blood and, and the muscle and the nerves and tendons and the, and the impulses. And it belongs to the body, just as you and I belong to the body of Christ. 
And I was talking to somebody before the service, and they said, you know what the blood is that flows through the body? That's the love of God. It's the, the lifeblood of the church is love. And to the extent that we allow that love to flow through us, to be the body of Christ, we'll function in the way that God intended the body to function. Linus was minding his own business one day watching television when Lucy walks in and tells him to change the channel. And Linus says, what makes you think you can just walk in here and take over? And Lucy holds up these five fingers and she said, see these five fingers? Individually, they're nothing. But when I curl them up and form a single unity, they form a weapon that is terrible to behold. And Linus slumps his shoulders and says, okay, what channel do you want? And in the final scene, he looks at his hand and says, why can't you guys get together like that? That's what we as the body of Christ are supposed to do. Get together, connect, bring the diversity under the umbrella of unity, and be accountable to the body that sends the impulses that helps us function. What does a body need? What does a physical body need to function effectively? Well, it needs food. The food for the body of Christ is the Word of God that nourishes us and supplies us. The body, physical body, needs rest. How do we receive rest as a body of Christ? Well, we come in here on Sundays and we worship and praise God and we are refreshed in His presence, resting in His arms. The body needs exercise. That's Christian service. The body has a function, has a purpose. And as we go out and flex our muscles, serving Him, then we will grow and our muscles will strengthen. Just as a physical body has needs of food and exercise and rest, so the spiritual body of Christ needs the bread of life. It needs to serve. It needs to rest in His presence. All these things the body of Christ can do when we do what God calls us to do. Coming together, connecting with one another, appreciating our differences, enjoying the unity that is ours when we work together, and being held accountable to Him. The potential for what the body of Christ can do is unlimited when we work together. I've seen churches that turn inward and that fight against each other, and it's like a body that attacks itself. Is that called an autoimmune disease when the body attacks itself? Churches do that. They turn inward and end up in conflict. But when we turn outward and fulfill the purpose for the body that God created us to serve, to love, to reach those who are lost in His name, then we'll be a healthy organism working together, fulfilling the purpose for the body of Christ that He called First Baptist Tifton to be. That's my prayer for us today. Let's bow. Father, as we come together, I look out across this congregation and folks at 8.30 and folks in the Connection Service, and I see so many different people from different walks of life with different gifts and abilities and, and opportunities and opinions and experiences. 
And I think, God, how can you knit somebody as disparate, as, as different as we are together? And then I see you do it. And whatever gifts that we need, whatever resources or opportunities are required, you provide those people and, and they rise up. You raise them up to exercise those gifts, to fulfill a particular purpose of the body that you have sent the impulse to perform. So help us listen to you and be obedient to you and to follow you, to exercise the muscles that you've given us, to be faithful in doing whatever you want us to do, wherever you want us to go, to be who you want us to be. And function as the body, different parts, and yet in unity listening to your voice. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.